Hello and welcome to this episode of the Debated Podcast. Now, this episode was originally intended uh, as part of a, a special that would be looking at different ways of, of parodying the incumbent Prime Minister. Now, unfortunately, um, events rather overtook the production of this podcast um, and Liz Truss's truncated time as Prime Minister meant that the other segments that were going to be part of this podcast weren't recorded. And given that the idea was about parodying the incumbent Prime Minister, um, now she's gone. That that doesn't really work. Anyway, um, this part of it um, was recorded with Jane Yap relatively recently, and it's so good that there's no point in not releasing it. So here we go. This is a podcast on parodying the Prime Minister with myself and Jake Yap. I hope you enjoy it. It won't be easy, but we can do it. We need to wake up and smell the coffee. The independence case is a powerful one. Another future is possible, but we've got to fight for it. Order! I'm delighted to be joined by the one and only Jake Yap. Welcome back to the podcast, Jake. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. It's great to have you back. Now, the first question I'd like to ask is, what do you think it is about politicians that so often we find so funny? Uh, well, I think it's, uh, you know, the, 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 the purpose of, of comedy is to, is to take something, well, sometimes anyway, is to take something um, quite toxic uh, and find a way to cope with it. Hmm. So uh, I think that um, that's that's satire when it's good. Whether it's really a good thing, I don't know in the long term because we shouldn't necessarily be feeling better about this stuff. Where are the pitchforks? <laughs> I mean, I'm not being funny, but what more has to happen? Where are the pitchforks? <laughs> Do you know, I looked just to give you a sense of the way the world has been locked up by government and big business. I genuinely searched on Amazon for a pitchfork and you can't buy them. You can buy everything on Amazon. All you can buy is like fancy dress plastic tridents that would literally just, you know, Bezos could stop them with his eyeballs because he's cyborg. You know, he's not human anymore. He hasn't been for years, but there's no chance. So, um, Yes, it's sort of easy to, to mock politicians, but um, I, I, I feel that, you know, satire, I can't remember if we talked about this last yeah, time, I was here, but that was years yeah. ago when we were yeah. all young, but, you know, satire can sometimes detoxify something, <laughs> but, but that's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. I wonder if what we're going to have now uh, with this hardening of politics and and more polarizing politics is stronger harder satire hmm. because you know we've had for years this uh, paradigm of people saying well there's got to be balance in comedy hmm. um and you know i've been at meetings uh with broadcasters where you know you, you write some jokes about uh the government and they'll say well for balance you've got to have some jokes about the opposition <laughs> and you think well no, because they're not in power. And my job as a satirist is to expose the hypocrisy and lunacy of the people in power. Um, 
but that's they, they've managed to sort of rephrase this on this sort of news footing. Oh, there's got to be balance. I was like, well, mm. no, not at all. But so, what's quite liberal? I'm giving you a very long answer to your question. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Do you want to think? What, what's your next question, Colin? I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's fine. I mean, I was enjoying your response. What I was going to um, follow up with is. Satire is something that has existed since, you know, the, the, the dawn of time. You go back to the ancient Greeks, you satirists yeah. satirising politicians. But there seems something particularly about modern politicians. I'm thinking of the, the, the last three prime ministers that almost from day one seems to lend themselves to satire. Do, do you think that politicians are becoming almost more comical or it's easier to satirise them or, or do you think it just reflects the kind of people that have been going into politics for the past 20 years I think what you, I mean I, I've I, I genuinely, I, re, I never remember anything so please, I've I probably said all of this last time, you know and I, I've said if, if, if you're left wing and you're funny you just stand up and if you're right wing and you're funny you, you go into politics and the, the problem with uh, someone like Johnson was that he 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 was brilliant at comedic misdirection. Um, you know, now I, I have read reports suggesting that you know that whole zip wire event uh, was entirely stage managed. He, he he instructed the operators to get him stuck. Yeah, that was the point uh, because he understood that it would feed into this narrative. And by being this comedic buffoon, he absolutely harnessed the power of comedy to make himself look like this lovable um, buffoon, you know. who? What harm could he possibly do? And, uh, of course, he, he did catastrophic harm. Mm. And so what's really interesting about now, having gone from that, gone from Johnson, who, who completely understood the power of comedy and very much levied it to his advantage... We now go to Liz Truss, who uh, I don't know if you've heard her try to tell a joke. It's 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 stunning. I mean, it's truly stunning to listen to. Uh, she did one about uh, the the wags. Um, I and I, I can't remember what it was, but she she delivered the punchline and then immediately in the same breath explained the punchline. Um, thereby killing all of the any potential comedy there could have been there, and. Uh, she, her understanding of comedy is the same as my understanding of quasi quateng. Like there isn't any, and so uh, it's fascinating to see what's going to happen because she's incapable of um, even understanding herself mm. in terms of how will this be received by comedians and satirists or even the public at large. She's a terrible orator. I, I mean, disastrous. I watched her speech uh, at the conference mm. and I, I, I genuinely thought that, like, you know, Hack of the Dog has better arm movements. Like, it was, you could almost see the chopsticks and the gaffer tape. Yeah. Like, it was so bad. So not even comedically, but just as an oration, it was awful. Mm. And so when you deal with someone who, A, has no awareness of how to put herself across and no awareness of how it will get savaged by comedians. And B, doesn't care, is the most brazen, balls out, this is what we're doing and screw you if you don't like it or it doesn't work for you. 
to return to that in politics, you know, to have this literal attempt to be an analogue of Margaret Thatcher. Mm. And that was really the moment when satire, they are like opposing forces. If, if you're going to raise the stakes politically like that, I think the stakes in satire have to be raised too. Mm. And so I do think you're going to see in the next year, you know, as people have to move back in with their parents, if they're lucky, you know, people whose parents will lose their homes. Mm. Uh, uh, as the housing market crashes, you get negative equity. Homelessness goes up. Uh, you, as, as everything becomes catastrophic mm. in the next year, which, you know, and I, I don't, I, I take no relish in saying that, mm. that that's what I genuinely believe we're, we're looking at. People are going to be angrier. They are not going to suffer this gladly. Where are the pitchforks? <laughs> in the absence of pitchforks, you know, spitting image had better get properly angry again. Mm. Uh, and there's almost a point, I think, with satire that uh, you almost don't want jokes. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't need jokes. Yeah. I need something that comes from the heart. Mm. Yeah. And, I mean, a, lo a lot of the um, spitting image sketches and, and songs from the 1980s really were heartfelt weren't they absolutely do, do you think though that one of the issues for that kind of um comedy now is that i mean as, as, as you say um broadcasters often have a tendency for to to err on the side of balance do you think that that's going to lead to a, a a disconnect between these shows like spitting image and um, the, the the new spitting image and the public where because they are made by broadcasters that are perhaps are <laughs> a bit nervous about going to the, the same full throttle degree that Spitting Image did in the, the 1980s, that the audience is going to feel like, well, why aren't you going harder on them? You feel, it still seems like you're, you're, you're not really being as brutal as you can be. Is this going to create a, a disconnect between that kind it's... of comedy and, and the public? It's really fascinating. Like this is, a, I, I think this is a genuinely, I, I think the trust era is truly fascinating. Mm. And you suddenly realize that, you know, politics are cyclical. Now we know that, you know, we've, we've, we've always known that. And, you know, people talk about that. But I think this is, f for me, within my lifetime, I'm suddenly seeing, oh, comedy is too. We all talked about alternative comedy mm. in the 80s. And how it was this revolutionary thing where we stopped having, you know, jokes about mothers-in-law and golf. Mm. Uh, and suddenly we got, you know, real hard-edged alternative comedy and stuff. And alternative comedy sort of became mainstream, but was still called alternative comedy. Mm. And then over the last, I would say, 15 years, maybe 20 years, there's been the slight sense of erosion mm. of that. You know, people have talked about the toothlessness of... of broadcast comedy satire um and so you think well we now need an alternative to alternative comedy because it isn't alternative anymore mm. it's just gumming fruitlessly on the fingers of politics and we will probably face the same struggle of getting onto the broadcast media. You, you, no one's going to call Michael McIntyre an alternative comedian. You know, you, you, like, you can't. <laughs> so mainstream comedy exists. 
in a way that in a way it almost didn't in the mid to late 80s mm. where everyone wanted alternative comedy you know and so suddenly jimmy tarbuck couldn't get a look in you, you know what i mean mm, yeah B but we've gone back to jimmy tarbuck now <laughs> you know which has its place mm. i dare say but um what you'll have now i suspect is a grassroots movement of angry satire proper satire mm. which slowly will permeate into broadcast media because it will get big enough that people can't ignore it i yeah. suspect someone will stick their head above the parapet. Yeah. You know, I mean, the difference being, you know, obviously back in the 80s, there were four channels and that was it. Mm. The difference is now someone will commit to it, whether that's Netflix or Apple or Paramount or, you know, wh whoever it may be. Someone will go, well, you know what? We're going to nail our colour to the mast politically and we're going to say, no, these are the people in power and they deserve to be parodied and the awfulness of it needs to be pointed out by the court jesters and they'll do that and i think they'll do very well mm. we yeah i mean this is genuinely the trust era and you know at this time of recording it's like a month old <laughs> but the ground shift mm. when you've got the rspb i mean the most middle class bastion of <laughs> nice middle england <laughs> putting out incredibly scathing tweet threads about mm. the government and what they're doing to wildlife in this country you know otherwise scrupulously politically neutral bodies suddenly saying no wait no <laughs> when they're doing that you have to look at that culturally and say well what what's that going to do to comedy mm. You can't stay doing the kind of, oh, who'd be the worst person to be the chancellor? Because we got that. Mm. You can't play silly parlor games. You need to start getting angry. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned um, the, the tweet thread there. To what degree do you think that this kind of comedy is going to um, emerge on the internet and then filter through maybe into the mainstream? It, it will get there. It will have to get there. What there are really exciting sort of accelerants there are some people dumping petrol on the fire mm. um and uh, i mean of all the people i i never saw it coming i remember in 2008 i did edinburgh for the first time and um a lot of evenings i i would do a guest spot on a thing called the pink bus yeah um it was lovely it was a double decker bus and you do a gig upstairs so there couldn't be more than i don't know 20 people in the audience and they were lovely gigs. It was really nice. And there were a few regulars who did it. Uh, there was a woman called Katerina Vrana. Um, and uh, there was another very sweet, soft-spoken guy called Joe Lysett. <laughs> a little guy called Joe Lysett, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen, um, who was just so charming and lovely. And I, I just adored him. And we became friends. I mean, we're not friends now. He's, you know, he's very big and generous, <laughs> and I wouldn't presume. But uh, he was brilliant then but you know he wasn't doing anything political but of course then he he crept up and became a bankable broadcast comedian but then suddenly got angry mm. you know his best friend died during covid and the government fl flouted their own rules and um suddenly they made an enemy of him and so he had this massive platform <laughs> and was doing these incredibly political things was it the commonwealth games he opened yeah 
and said, uh, now it's time to do something our government doesn't always do, which is to welcome some immigrants. Yeah. And you think, wow, that was not sanctioned. That was not signed off, was it? You just did that. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's thrilling to watch someone who has the power and the presence and the platform to suddenly go, nope, I'm doing it my way. Yeah. In, in, in terms of the, the kind of, I mean, we've discussed the, some of the attributes of, of politicians like Liz Truss and Boris Johnson, which make them easy to parody or, or easy to, to, to arrive comedy from. What do you think it is about the membership of the Conservative Party that seems attracted to them as purely, or maybe in Boris Johnson's case, not purely, but mainly as serious um, figures that could lead the nation that seems perhaps incapable of seeing what the rest of the public can see in terms of the comedicness, the, the, the laughability, particularly with Liz Truss. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, with Johnson, you know, he, he was he was brilliant. You know, he knew exactly how to work a crowd. Um, and uh, so they knew they were on to a good thing. He, he presented as this extremely benign face of, um, I mean, self-centered politics, which is really what the conservatives are about. You know, you, you can argue whether that's a good or a bad thing, but it, that's really... The principle of it is it's, it's my money. It's my t- I, I should decide how much tax I should spend. I, I'll choose my own health care. It's, it's all about the self. Um, with Liz Truss, I mean, I, th- I think that was just genuinely one of those, um, you know, someone throws three things at you. One is a priceless Ming vase, one is a goldfish, and one is a rotten banana. And your brain's trying to catch all three things and ends up going for the rotten banana, you know, and the other Mm. two hit the ground and die. (laughs) You know, I think it was just, it was just a kind of, it was a car crash, you know. It's, do you ever play video games where you're doing a driving game? Like a driving video game. And you see coming up, like, I don't know, an oncoming lorry, Mm. and you're doing 125 miles an hour in your driving game. And you go, I must go to the left of the lorry or I must go to the right of the lorry. And all your brain can think of is lorry, lorry. And you fixate on the lorry and you drive into the lorry instead of left or right. And I think that's what happened with trust. There was a, there was a degree of, oh, I don't, oh, should I go for Sunak or should I go for Morden? I, just, I don't, oh, oh, I, I, I went for the thing in the middle. She's a lorry. She's a, she's a car crash. She, you know, she, she's, but, but she's also... Uh, I think they find her exciting. Hmm. I think they find her th- thrilling because she's she's not pretending to be anything other than what she is, yeah. um, which is ironic because you know she's done more U-turns in her career. <laughs> but, but I suppose she's saying well, this is the role I'm going to play, and I'm going to I'm going to commit to it, and and I think they they love that. Yeah. In in terms of. Opposition politicians. Now, um, you, you mentioned that um, earlier. Broadcasters sometimes have a tendency of wanting, you know, comedians to parody both sides, both the um, yeah. incumbent government and the opposition. Yeah. Now, the, the one thing that has been 
used in relation to Keir Starmer has been, uh, you know, that he is boring, that he is dull, as 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 a term of a, a frame of reference of uh, comedy, in a, in a similar way perhaps to um, John Major counting his peas mm-hmm. um, on on spitting image. Do you think that, in a in a way that um, perceived, not necessarily saying it's there, but that perceived lack of flair um, with Keir Starmer as compared to um, Liz Truss will mean that comedians will, um, even if perhaps they may agree with her more than him, gravitate more towards Liz Truss because there is more there to play with and more there to to parody and, and to generate comedy from. Yeah, I mean, I think... There's been for 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 uh, a long time in British politics the sort of the bland leading the bland, whereby the most inoffensive person wins, <laughs> you know. And then Boris Johnson, I think, represented a big swing of oh, let's have something uh, noticeable, <laughs> but he played it so brilliantly. And then and now you've got you so like okay, well let's have someone noticeable and we'll have Liz Truss. And then in the meantime, there is the Starbar of the background, and I think. <laughs> You know he 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 is boring, but I think you know he should he should actually lean into that more because mm. I think people do respond to something that that is authentic, and his speech was embarrassing um when he was trying to do jokes um and it was embarrassing because that a for for three reasons one um he he's not very good at it. Um, two, uh, it wasn't really the time or the place. Mm. Um, wait, that might have been three. Uh, no, I can't <laughs> remember what the third one was. <laughs> <laughs> That's politics. So, um, well, yeah, no, yeah. Two, he's not very good at it. And three, it's, it didn't feel authentic. Uh, and you sort of feel like, well, actually, maybe maybe people would buy more readily into the idea of, well, I'm a grown-up and I'm not going to make jokes when we're dealing with people's lives. Hmm. Uh, what, there's nothing funny about that. You know, you, you don't... No one votes for... You, no one wants an ambulance driver who's really funny. <laughs> you know, they want someone who takes their job very seriously hmm. and does it very well. And you don't really care about whether they're funny or not in their private life. Um, and, and he should call that, you know, and, and make a virtue of that. I wished with his speech that he'd said, you know, I had a speech written and it was a standard conference speech. It had a few jokes at the top to warm you up. And then, you know, we'd go into policies and I'd probably tell you about my dad. It was a tool biker. <laughs> so we've heard it, mate. We've heard that. It's so boring. Um, lean into it. Make a virtue and say, you know, but now was not the time for that speech. This isn't a time for jokes. This is a catastrophic moment in British history. Call it. Have the authority. Have the presence. You know, dare not yeah. to be funny. And so for comedians, I think looking at Keir Starmer, yeah, th- there's definitely a lot you could do. And he, yeah, he's he's on the brink of the grey peas, uh, <laughs> kind of John Major spitting image trope, which if you haven't seen those sketches, if you're young, God, go and see them because they are so funny. Um, so, so that's why in a way I think he needs to own it. Like... Mm turn it into a virtue yeah say i'm not i'm not here for jokes i'm not here for panache or charisma i'm here to do a job Hmm. because someone really badly needs to yeah 
I have to say, I think a good balance is Angela Rayner. I think she's 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 really good at. Do you know what it, it what it comes down to is who would you want on a wet lunch? <laughs> Remember when you were at school? It's a wet lunch, and everyone has to stay and eat their lunch in the classroom. Yeah, it's a wet lunch. Who do you want covering a wet lunch? I'd take Angela Rayner of all the politicians because she'd know exactly how to play it. She'd diffuse the lively ones. She'd see their humour and trump it, or at least kind of go, all right, hey, I see you, very good. And then she'd stamp on the bad behaviour. <laughs> Whereas Keir, St- can you imagine Keir Starmer trying to manage a wet lunch? <laughs> Oi, sir, sir. Oi, sir, there's something on your head. What's on my head? It'd be catastrophic. <laughs> Three dead, 14 injured. <laughs> Uh, I, th- <laughs> I, th- I think that um, brings us uh, neatly to <laughs> my final question, Jay, sure. um, which is looking at the future of politics and satire. In the next 10 years, although it's a very long time off, where do you think we will be in terms of how politicians use comedy and how politicians are used in comedy do you think we're going to go through a, a, a continue through a, a, an era as you suggested uh similar to the the 1980s with the very cutthroat and and um cutting spitting image of the 1980s type humor or do you think that once we see the the back of this trust that maybe uh satire might not be quite as cutting i think you've chosen a really interesting interval of time because in 10 years' time, there may well be... uh, The BBC may have changed. Mm. I mean, it may well not have done, but I think it's conceivable that the BBC will be a very different entity, and that's going to have a huge impact on British culture, generally. Um, If they have the licence fee taken away from them, and I know this because I spoke to the chief financial officer i think of the bbc Mm. recently um she was walking the dog in my local park weird anyway (laughs) um i had no idea because i you know i know about like bbc worldwide and how you know we sell Mm. our shows all around the world and i sort of thought well surely that that must bring in enough money now surely by now surely and it turns out it is a drop in the ocean compared to the revenue the bbc gets from the license fee whether you're approve of it or not that's just a fact and so you're gonna have to look at what happens to the bbc should the license fee go if we don't end up with a sort of blair type era where you know broadly speaking uh, the bbc stands a chance um if that goes and i think it may well do um then i think it's safe until 2027 Hmm. something like that but um, if that goes, well, what's left of the BBC, and you're looking at a vastly reduced service, I mean, massively scaled down. Um, what then happens is the BBC can say, OK, we're a commercial entity, so we'll pursue commercial interests. So maybe we don't care. We don't care what the politicians say. We don't, we don't have to take a seat. We don't have to pay lip service to anybody. We can do what we feel is right. Uh, we don't have to be all things to all people. 
and then they can slightly set out their stall and say, well, what do we want our satire to do? Do we speak truth to power? And so if that happens, the cascade from that would be monumental. In, in a shorter interval of time, I think you are going to get more people feeling more angry and that may well surface somewhere somehow i think i think a channel somewhere is going to have a kind of we're not putting up with this anymore moment yeah you know you can imagine what would happen if uh let's say dave you know hmm. sort of pretty big but not too big that they couldn't have a bit of a punt would say you know what We've got Paramount Comedy and Comedy Channel and all of those competitors. Well, we're gonna we're gonna set our stall out. It probably wouldn't be Dave. Now I think about it, it'd probably be someone like Comedy Channel, Comedy Central, mm. um, and say no, we're gonna be the home of proper angry satire, and it could do really well. Yeah. And then what happens with the other broadcasters? Do they pretend that's not happening? Do they take the hit, or do they have to follow suit? So it could be a really interesting time. I think it, I think for comedy, it, we are about to enter by far the most interesting decade we've had in the last three decades, mm. for, for more than three decades. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you once again for coming on the podcast, Jake. Thanks if for people me. want I, I to... no idea what I said. <laughs> <laughs> if... Anything useful. I hope it was. <laughs> if, if people want to find out more about you or want to follow your exploits, where should they go? less uh well i mean i'm i'm on the social medias do you instagram it's at jake yap yeah. uh and i do that on twitter as well and then there's jakeyap.co.uk i think uh it's got links to stuff i do but you know please don't feel obliged <laughs> excellent thank you once again thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast if you've enjoyed it you can subscribe to us on itunes spotify podbeam and amazon music you can also follow us on Twitter, at Debated Podcast, like us on Facebook, Debated Podcast, and if you'd like to get in touch with us, whether about appearing on an episode of the podcast, or commenting on an episode that you've listened to, you can do so at thedebatedpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, I hope you listen to the next one.